So here it is, the bonus episode from Jack and Meg's review on Twilight. This episode will feature comments on Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, starring Robert Pattinson and William Defer. If you've not seen The Lighthouse before, there will be spoilers. Going back to The Lighthouse, the performances when that were insane. Oh my god. Right? The thing I wish, right, I wish William Defoe was just, I have it in my head that he's always that person, that that's just his normal self. That's what I like to think. He's that mad, crazy guy. He looks like it. He's definitely looked right for the role. He looks mad. (laughs) I I thought my favourite things about him in that film was when he used to go on those kind of like, almost like rants, and it would be this like really like complex like saying, you know, and mm. you know, two minutes later he's still going, he's sort of years out of breath, and you're like, how the hell do you remember that? It's all like old English, which yeah. essentially is like a whole different language in a way. Yeah. I mean obviously it's not that complex, but it is if you read that on the script what he had to say, you would struggle mm. just reading mm. it from from the script. Mm-hmm. The fact you had to memorise that, it's insane. I think they were definitely Oscar snubs, both of those two. They definitely should have got at least a nomination. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. It's what? Oh. terrible, isn't it? I don't know how I'm doing. I mean, yes, Jackie and Phoenix was absolutely brilliant in The Joker, but I would say they did better in The Lighthouse, mm. personally. Two I different think. films, though. Two very different films. Mm. I think um, The Lighthouse was very much reliant on the two acting. No mm. way. You know I, what I think? Like, I don't the, think the cinematography was, was great in that, yeah. but for, for example, The Joker, I feel like there was much more added to help that performance, in a sense. Don't get me wrong, Jackie and Phoenix did a fantastic job yeah. of acting. But I feel like you know, you've got the soundtracks and I agree actually mm. with the lighthouse you know, you've got the noises all around and there's like the suspense almost like the old kind of like psycho kind mm. of type suspense music in the background there's the folk horn but with the, with the Joker it's I feel like there's just a bit more they've given it a bit more just to kind of help boost that yeah. kind of Especially soundtrack-wise, I feel like The Lighthouse has a good soundtrack, but not as well-established as the Joker soundtrack. Mm. I mean, the Joker soundtrack was absolutely brilliant, to be fair. See, I think like part of the reason why Joker did so well is because he's from... From DC. Yeah, DC yeah. Universe. Yeah. And, that, and I had no idea what The Lighthouse was about. Mm. And we didn't watch a trailer for it. And, we, and as soon as I saw the square format... Oh, and yeah, the black and white, I was yeah. like, I'm sold. And like, and the and the compositions, like mm. the central compositions, and like the what I love about black and white is that it can, you know, really emphasizes light and shadow. Yeah. And I just think they just do that so well. Like mm. they just like with the you know the um, lighthouse window and like the spiral staircase. Like I just, I think that was really good. It's almost like every frame could have been a photo yeah, yeah. Uh, this, that's, that's what I probably what I love most about films is when you can just like pause it and like you're just like oh look at that it's mm-hmm. well thought out yeah exactly it's like cinematography you know a bit like uh, Wes Anderson I, I love Wes Anderson films yeah. as Anderson films just on the basis that like you stop it press pause and it's just a perfectly set up like photo yeah. you can yeah. like, hang it up put it on your wall it's symmetry isn't it there's yeah no, that's there's it there's yeah. symmetry in every shot mm. but it's just it's also the fact that there's like Clearly, a hierarchy in every frame. You know, mm-hmm. like when you when you're uh, taking a picture, mm-hmm. you're weighing up. Okay, so this needs to be heavy, more heavily present over here, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in film, sometimes that's overlooked. You know, it's just it's more about the moving image rather than the yeah, standalone. Yeah. Um, think how much time and effort they had to put into, especially yeah. the lighthouse, right? So they had to find a location they could film where it was safe for the crew and cast to do so. Mm-hmm. 
which I mean if you're gonna film at an actual lighthouse there's a reason why there's a lighthouse there it's not safe like essentially most of the time and then like every shot you could tell was planned perfectly they must have like literally planned their shot by shot so well that they could literally rock up in these conditions and just film it there and then and know exactly what they're doing it's absolutely mad talking of tattoos did you guys know that I was planning on getting a lighthouse tattoo that doesn't surprise as long as it's better than the drug hey listen right it's not that it still, it still resonates in my heart. That's different. Where's your other one? Is, I've only got one. Got that's one. the one so far. I'm going to get another one in February. I swear there was a different one. That's no, weird. Yeah. I swear So basically what you're saying is you thought it was really good and then you had no, another one. No, no, no. Like, I, think that's really right. good. no I think that's cool but I thought it was something completely different. Yeah. Maybe I've only just paid attention to like the shape of it. I want to get it touched up a little bit. Because I believe when just a bit, just yeah, a bit. it's a bit faded. <laughs> it's a bit faded. Well, the thing is, right, when I got this tattoo, I'm not going to say where I got it because um, this is a bad comment I'm about to say. I'm pretty sure, from my recollection, um, when I was under the needle, the guy who's tattooing me was like, I learned how to tattoo people when I was in prison. And then when I was doing that, I was like, it's great. Now. Yeah, literally, you literally needle an arm right where, where, Where'd you get them? I'm not, you can't, you can't ask me. <laughs> I will cut this out of the edit. Yeah. yeah, and I've had like, there's like good reviews about yeah, that I one. Know. But I don't know why. I don't think you can rate businesses on reviews anymore. No. It's so easy to write Exactly. I mean, it could be the people who work there write on the reviews. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a bad experience. But I've heard that they're all pretty good in other respects. What uh, what tattoo are you going to get for the lighthouse? Is it a seagull? So, what? Is it a seagull? A seagull. Baroness. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, I do think I did want a little bit of the seagull just because when he bats that seagull, though, um, I feel bad for the seagull. Um, what I think would look really cool is he's had, like, Robert Patterson at the end where he's just, like, screaming mm. and then maybe he has some sort of, like, light. Can we talk about the ending in a second? Can we, can we talk yeah. about, like, what we... everyone gauged from the yeah. whole film? Like, what their... Yeah. Kind of interpretation of yeah. it is no, but I agree with your theory too. Yeah, but you got no, you got your theory. I got yeah, my theory. okay. So I think that he, like um, William Defoe says, you know, when he's saying, um, "I could be a figment of your imagination. I could, you could be in a forest." dying somewhere mm. um, and then at the end is that shot of him like getting eaten by seagulls mm. and I think he just created this well the whole lighthouse the whole thing story. yeah in like to cope with it so you think he was actually dying being eaten by seagulls yeah because then you think of that time when you know when he falls off uh, when the when he's painting and how, how did he die from that I know right, right. and then the seagull is biting at his leg oh <sighs> Yeah. So I thought, but there is this definite, and you know, and of course you'd go, be, what would you be thinking? What like, and I thought that maybe the window, because the window, light, the light coming through the window is very distinctive. So I thought, oh, that maybe that's like the sun or the moon or, yeah. And I also thought that like, um, what else did I think? So there, you played on the idea that, that William Defoe was him, but older. Also, there was mm-hmm. another, the other one was the scene with the mermaid where he's kind of almost like touching her up and mm. that yeah. was the fact that he was actually in a very vulnerable position himself. Yeah. He was conscious, but he couldn't really do much about it. Mm. So it was just playing on the idea of vulnerability. Just just coping mechanisms. With the fact that you've been eating alive. Yeah, really alive, yeah. So you know what? I didn't think that far into it. I'm open to the interpretations because it is really weird. I just saw it as a straightforward, well, you know, straightforward. It's, it's a, I just saw it as a straight story 
with surreal moments in it because they're slowly losing their minds. Mm. So, yeah. The mermaid um, and all the weird things like that. It's just because they're losing their minds slowly because they're so isolated. Mm. But I'm really open to this sort of... Like, that's what that's I thought at first. That's great. Until the last bit. Until that last scene when well, he's, like, getting eaten. Mm. And then, because, like, this, what William Defoe said about this, you know you could be in Canada getting eaten alive or whatever. And oh, I was like, why would he say that? It's quite specific. How do you, yeah. Have you only seen The Lighthouse once? Yeah, last How do you remember that line from the... Because that's, the it, that's, that's we, what I was thinking about. But we also had subtitles on at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. To, to begin, watch, subs- really, watch it with subtitles. Yeah, yeah. And to begin with, we really struggled to understand what William Defoe was saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was just kind of like rambling, like... Rah, 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 rah. I quite like that though. I no, sort of we did, but we kind of we wanted, we wanted to know, to know. Oh, okay. specifically for this podcast. For example, if he went on a rant like he does, um, yeah, one of the times when he's pissed, yeah, yeah, and uh, Robert Pattinson kind of acts out against him. Yeah, yeah. And then he like curses him and he's like, "Hark, there, Poseidon, may you straight lightning into his heart and stuff like that." Like you want to know what he's saying? Yeah. It's quite cool. And I just watch everything with subtitles anyway. Mm. I always want to know what exactly is happening. Why is that? Though? Do you not find that subtitles distract you from the images? Not at all. Oh, cool. I found myself I had to look away from the subtitles. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I don't have to directly look at the subtitles. Mm-hmm. I can still hear it. If I don't hear whole... something properly, mm-hmm. I can just glance at the mm-hmm. word. Oh, that's what you so mean. like. Mm-hmm. So you're not constantly re-interrupting subtitles, no. but you're. See, I find although I like foreign films, I love foreign films, but sometimes the um, subtitles do distract me a little bit. I always have to quickly read it and then quickly look up before the, before the shot changes. Mm. And then if I'm free, like, this film's absolutely beautifully shot, I will focus more on the shot and then look to the subtitles to sort of guide me through the story and so more focused on how it visually looks. But you guys have just convinced me to watch The Lighthouse again because I know I'm getting a tattoo of it and I still... <laughs> Is this going to change your tattoo from a mermaid to a... Uh... Oh, no, I haven't told you what I'm getting yet. I'll tell you that in a second. But no, basically, the, the reason why I've only watched it once is because I, I enjoyed it and loved it so much. I don't want to compromise that by watching it again and being like, that's ruined my experience. But actually hearing you guys talk about it makes you like, I still love it. Like, mm. I, still, oh, it's, I do want to watch it again. artistically as well, it's so beautiful. <sighs> it's great, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I want to get to my theory about it. Yes. Oh, sorry, my, mine makes, it, there's similar parallels to it, mm. isn't there? We're kind of trying to look for a deeper meaning in it. So I'm gonna, I, I want to set a tone by talking about, I, I did a reading last year from my course and it talks about this idea of a primitive hut. So right. a primitive hut is the bare essential shelter you need to protect yourself from the elements. but this reading goes on to say that there is two ways of viewing the primitive hut one in a physical and one in a mental way Mm, so the physical you are retreating into this bare shelter and the mental you are removing yourself from a society and you are stripping that back to the bare needs for your own well-being for example and an example of that being would be the Unabomber the Unabomber was seen to mentally withdraw into a primitive hut um, so he had a problem with society. Um, you know, I'm obviously skimming a lot of facts here, but he removed himself into the woods and you know, he had this like... Explain log. who the Unabomber is. Yeah. So the Unabomber was... He, well, I, he made I believe, makeshift bombs, didn't he? Yeah, he, he made his own bombs and he was targeting people in kind of, not high, high places, but high enough places. He, like he wanted to try and... Not quite there. I, um, I can't remember actually some of them it was to do with universities some of it was to do like credit companies for example oh I see okay. so he, he had a real problem with society you know, the yeah. way everything worked and he withdrew himself from society into the woods he had a cabin in the woods 
and he made he taught himself how to make homemade bombs. He was a really smart guy. I think that's the mm-hmm. interesting thing. He wasn't just, just a lunatic. Like he was, he was a really intelligent guy. He went to university, and I, I want to say he enrolled in a program with like the CIA, for example, or the FBI. And something happened there. I mean, I mean people that know the story are probably like him right now like yeah this guy's absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but, but the fact is that he had a problem with society and mentally had to retreat from that right, and okay. then he came to I suppose his senses and he acted out from that so where I'm going with this is the fact that throughout the film uh, The Lighthouse there's this like he's, he tells us the story he spills his beans you know which right, yeah. folks, like don't spill your beans mm. yeah. and the beans is that he someone he was working with he basically let die yeah mm. yeah so my idea is that the actual lighthouse and the island he's on is a primitive hut. He's mentally withdrawn himself into this place where he can try and fight his demons. And Willem Dehoe is that reminder of his demons. Dehoe! Dehoe! So mentally he's withdrawn himself and he's trying to fight his inner demons. Right. And there's the scene at the end where he's burying Willem Dafoe. It's almost like he's burying his demons. And mm. when he's buried him as such, you know, he gets the keys to the lighthouse. And basically the light and you know, at the top of the spiral staircase, mm. yeah. that's his escape. That's him overcoming it. So he takes right. the keys from Willem so Dafoe. he's like looking to the light. Yeah, it? exactly. Because throughout that light. whole film, he's wanting to get to that place, but he's been shut out. See, and um, sorry. Willem Dafoe is the reason he can't get up there. Right. For you know, me... Sorry, I just 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 are to. You, are, you, are you gonna throw my no. flow of my theory, even though I didn't interrupt yours? All right, sorry. Go on, carry on. Okay. So, and then there's the scene. So he goes upstairs, and he um he goes into the room, and then there's the scene of him falling all the way down the stairs. Yeah. So this whole film is about him trying to escape his past, and then he feels like he's doing the right thing. He gets up to the light, and then all of a sudden, it's like you cannot escape your past. Hence. Also, I want to throw in there the fact that the fight scene, the face changes, you know, and I believe that was the guy. So the, the guy turns from uh, Willem Dafoe. I, I really should say the character's name. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Um, but during that fight scene, the face changes from Thomas to this very, like, blonde hair mm. guy, you know, for the scene. I think that's him fighting his inner demons and Willem Dafoe's almost reminding, reminding him of them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he thinks he's escaping it. He's dealing with it in his own way. Mm. He falls down the stairs. You know, he's back to the bottom and then the scene is at the end of him getting in by the seagulls and that's him. He's kind of self-destructed yeah. in a way. So he's cancelling himself out. So yeah, probably. like for me, like the light, where he goes to the light, that's like my interpretation of him. He's nearly dead. Mm. He's nearly, he just wants their suffering like, like to the, end. The tunnel, right? Yeah, he yeah. just wants the suffering to end and then something, and then he's not dead and he gets pulled back down. And then he wakes up and he's being eaten by seagulls. Yeah. They're both very interesting theories. So that's the thing. Is so can we look up? Can we look up what? Or is there no like actual? I think there's solid. Just, there's, I think there's loads of it. That's the problem. Uh, I don't think there's any like. I don't think Robert Eggers, who directed and wrote it, I don't think he has released anything about it yet. It's just literally open to everyone's interpretation. Which uh, is it the best type of film, yeah, though. Yeah, you want a yeah. film that can be open to interpretation yeah. because then it'll forever be in your mind because you'll forever think about it. I feel like your theory makes more sense because it was very easy to understand. Straight enough, I feel like mine. I had to do a lot of explaining. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I think his because you could tell that they were going mad. Yeah, and he was going mad, and you can tell that something. Like, you know, like burying inner demons and things like that. I think that's quite evident. Mm, yeah. but, I, but because I still don't know who the, that other guy was, the blonde guy. I, well, he only 
Well, I say he only appeared because he did appear earlier on. But he mentions it quite a lot. And you know where, where there's that scene and he's like pulling up the lobster pot and it's yeah. like flashing there's between things. You see the back of his head, but you're just yeah. like, you don't know who that guy is. And then there's a head in the lobster thing. But that's... William Defoe. That's Thomas. Thomas. Captain Thomas. Mm. Yeah. I think both theories have got lots of validation. I think they both um, could be right. But I suppose we'll never know. I, I, I want to know. I, I, I kind of hope we never know. Oh. Because it takes the fun out of it. I know, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know. You want the answers. Yeah. Well, if you listen to Robert Eggers, which you most definitely are, <laughs> please give us the answer. <laughs> Tell us what is the true meaning behind the lighthouse. Right, let's move on, shall we? Um... <laughs> All that explaining. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway. Next what question. was your interpretation? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think it was just a straightforward story. Oh, and I feel yeah, like slowly yeah. losing their minds. Mm. And that's why the surreal moments were being thrown mm. into it. Um, he's, he's not accentuating on the fact because we've looked at it so deeply. Yeah. Look at his two blokes going <laughs> crazy on an island. <laughs> <laughs> before, before you guys watched it, did you know it was going to be no. a bit surreal? Nothing. So you, no, you, nothing you didn't thought. go in there, right, let's try and think of a theory. No. no. We... we, we I think the only thing I knew about, about it was it. that it was a thriller, suspense, horror. And I didn't even know that. Mm. One, one thing I really appreciate, though, I love the kind of old, old, old school suspense. Mm. You know, they, the, the kind of mechanisms they employed, the sound, for example. The oh, the soundtrack is so good. The sound of the lighthouse just goes straight through. The sound design is very good. Mm. You guys should watch that at the cinema sometime because when you're in the cinema, it blows your way. And I like those funny moments, and this is why it was great. It was because when there are funny moments, I can't remember which one it was. Something to do with William Defoe, I'm sure, or the the seagull. Although it was quite gruesome, it was quite funny that it just came out of nowhere. He starts being a shell of a seagull. Yeah, in, yeah. In an audience, because I'm sad to say I went and saw that by myself, but the audience was full. That's And oh, thank you. I appreciate. I, I went to see it by myself. It. Oh, that's an interesting the horror as well. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Big ups to the lonely uh, film goers like that. <laughs> uh, um, we're sitting in an audience, everyone, like, this, this horrible thing was happening, everyone was sort of laughing, and it, it wasn't in a horrible way, it's like a laughing at, they couldn't believe that yeah. this is happening. Yeah, like, it came we, out of like, we were the same. My, my, my favourite funny scene was the, uh, he's, you know, he's hanging out of his ass, you know, everyone's been in that state, and he's carrying these two pots of piss and shit <laughs> to the rocks. And it's like, you can see the wind was blown against him. It's just, it's just reminding me of the scouts. You know, whenever you go on a scout trip, and yeah. the first time you go for a piss in the scouts, you're on the moors, for example, and you forget that the wind's blowing at you, and you go for a piss, <laughs> and it just goes all over you. And you know, Dave, or Arcada, as you used to, we used to call them, be like, yeah, don't piss. Don't piss into the wind. The wind. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he throws it. And there's that moment where he just pauses. And just, like, he gets covered in it in... Not only his shit, but someone else's shit. Yeah, it's the worst. It's yeah. Like, and it's not just someone else's shit, it's someone else's hungover shit. Mm. You know, and he just screams and it's just... Do you think the fog... Because we, we initially thought that the foghorn was to um, sort of symbolise his level of insanity. Hmm. But do you reckon that it could have been a boat trying to look for him? Oh, see, I, I can't help but see it in a way other than the... Uh, the insanity, but... Yeah. yeah. You guys have looked way too deeply into this compared to what I did. <laughs> that's good, though. <laughs> that's, that's just us. I think, I think that's what we a do. to the quality of the filming yeah. and the intensity on it. Yeah, if it was a colourful film, maybe you would be thinking less... Like, oh yeah, I, I think yeah. we looked at it from an artistic point yeah. of view. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like black and white makes you focus on what the contacts and so there's a hierarchy yeah. there on 
mm. either the sound, for example, mm. or the very specifics. Like, so it, it just gets you to engage in. I suppose it strips back all the things that could distract you. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. Color, like you, you may see a really colourful lighthouse and be like, oh, this is going to be a happy film, mm. and then it could contrast with the fact that it's quite bleak really isn't it I, lo- I love it I love like how they and, and just mm. the square format I'm a big fan of square format mm. but I think also the great thing with uh, black and white films photos for example is when you've been looking at a black and white film for a period of time you almost imagine the colours yourself yeah. mm. you forget yeah. this black and white mm. you're, you're able to get engaged with it where it focuses on the act and the sound for example but then you forget it's black and white maybe this is the time where we go from black and white to colour and now we're going back to black and white mm. we're thinking simplicity is better than, than lots of bright colours. Yeah, right, let's go back to the twilight. Let's go back to twilight, shall we? <laughs> yeah, anyway, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. To the People's Film Podcast. Fun. It's yeah. been great to have you. I've been, we've been, well, I don't know about you, but like I've just been really aching to talk about the lighthouse <laughs> since last night. Well, I think so. we, like, we start talking about it and we were like, yeah, let's save it for tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. So. Do you, do you know um, how long this is? This has been an hour and 50 minutes. 50? Yeah, this is more than double what I did with my parents. <laughs> yeah. okay. So one thing we haven't answered is what tattoo are you getting? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> right, so the tattoo I'm getting is, you know, um, one of the surreal moments where it flashes up and it's got um, William Defoe looking down on a kneeling Robert Patson and his, eye, his eyes become like the light. Yes! Yes! For a second, I'm getting that. Because that actual frame is based on a piece of art, which I can't remember what it's called, which is really annoying me now. But it's based on this piece of art. I think it's like Greek legend or something like that. And it's got so much meaning behind it. And I love it. And it's just such a great... The fact they put so much effort into doing that for just one split second, I just absolutely love it. So I'm getting that with a few other background bits, probably. Mm. Nice. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. Um, We haven't actually designed it yet, so look forward to doing that. Mm. So any suggestions? Throwing forward. So there you have it, the Lighthouse episode from Jack and Meg. I hope you've enjoyed this content. Please do not forget to like and subscribe. This has been the People's Film Podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.